This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Oh, I cannot believe it. I am so excited. My let's keep it real, people. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. I've been wanting to do more than one guest at the same time. And I kept thinking, who, who, who possibly can I get that this would be perfect for? Duh, the Dylan and Justin show. You've heard them before separately a while ago, but I'm so excited to have these guys on together. So before I bring them in, and let's hope we can all not overtalk each other, let me introduce Dylan and Justin. All right, first up is Dylan. Dylan Gambardella is a 24-year-old entrepreneur, speaker, and investor. Now let me tell you, when you see him, you get that, but when you speak to him, you think, are you 70? But anyhow. And that's a compliment, Dylan. Dylan is the co-founder of NextGen HQ, the premier business hub in empowering 20,000 plus of the world's greatest entrepreneurs to overcome obstacles and chase their dreams. Dylan has helped leading brands, including Target, Capital One, and Dell Access, engage with and influence the next generation. A graduate of Duke University, class of 17, Dylan has spoken in front of tens of thousands on global stages, including 10x welcome dylan thank you so much sandy i I couldn't be more excited to be with you you are too kind and we're gonna have a blast today yeah we are so before we go let me get your counterpart in here we got justin lafazan is the co-founder of next gen summit a 5,000 plus member community of talented young entrepreneurs he is the author of what wakes you up and i think he means like you know gets a fire under you He came out with that December 2015, a four-time TEDx speaker, so these boys, whoo, and a senior at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania, Justin. Welcome, Justin. How are you, Justin? I really appreciate being back. You have such a great energy. Looking forward to an awesome conversation. All right, guys. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to just say, you're up, Justin. You're up, Dylan. And we're going to go for it. And I might ask you different questions, the same questions. But we're going to start with Dylan. How you doing, Dylan? I could not be better. I'm fired up to be with you here today. <laughs> All right. So let me just tell them a little bit about how we met. I think I was doing a mentoring session in Philadelphia. Is that how I met you guys in Philadelphia? You had like a, didn't you have a yeah. workshop there? Yeah. And the, you mentored. So tell a little bit about that, what you do for kids. Yeah. Our goal is to serve entrepreneurs, plain and simple. Okay. Um, when I say entrepreneur, that means the creator. That means the young scientist, someone who maybe is writing a book or pursuing starting their own podcast. We want to be a true asset and partner, providing the tools and resources that these young innovators need to succeed. Because quite frankly, Sandy, as you know, as Justin and I can speak to you all day, it's a tough world out there as an entrepreneur. And NextGenHQ is here just to say, we see you. We, we, we're here for your struggle and know that you've got a community with the tools, the educational resources, the mentors like Sandy to yeah. learn from and level up together. So what was the name of the event? Because I'm going blank on the name of that event in Philly. Next Gen at Philadelphia. Oh, that was an event we hosted in the fall of, I believe, 2018. Great. And you go down, you go around to different cities, don't you? Yes. We most recently were in Boston and D.C., 
uh, LA, Austin, Texas, San Francisco, Denver, you name it. We are coming there in, in 2020. And it's uh, really exciting to get to meet so many of these young, powerful innovators. Gotcha. All right, Justin, you're up. All right, now, just so you guys know, I ask my audience, before you guys come on, send me questions. What do you want to ask these guys? So, Justin, you're going to get our first question. You ready? Let's hit it. Have you ever met someone and thought, let me just make sure I get this right, oi vey, you want to be an entrepreneur? (laughs) Yeah, this is so funny Uh, because uh, back when I was just getting started as an entrepreneur myself, I thought right away, everybody should be an entrepreneur. I even gave uh, a speech one time that was titled Why Every Young Person Should Be an Entrepreneur. And then my thoughts have, uh, have come very far and updated since then. Uh, what, I, what I still believe is that entrepreneurialism is a vehicle, a tool that people uh, should have, know that it's available for them to apply regardless of where they are, are in their lives, corporate job, freelance, they have their own business. I think the attitude and the mindset can definitely be applied. But I no longer go out there and, and preach that everybody should be an entrepreneur simply because it's really, really hard. And there's a lot of pain and uh, sacrifice and investment that you have to make and, and be willing to make. And I don't think it's for everybody. And I no longer encourage everybody to go into it. You really have to yeah. make a, a personal decision. But for folks like Dylan and I, who are all right, I think, unbalancing things in order for us to pursue these really challenging goals that we've set, well, then maybe you're in the right boat. All right. So one of my mentors said this to me a few months ago. You know, people come to me too, Sandy, how'd you get started? What was your secret sauce? I'm sure you hear this all day long. And I hear it more because, you know, I've been in this a longer time. But he mentioned something that you know, and I don't believe this is true, so we're going to keep his name anonymous, only... 10% 10% of the people that say they want to be entrepreneurs really have what it takes to be entrepreneurs. What do you think of that, Justin? That's really interesting. And I think if we'd unpack the what it takes, um, maybe if you did a first poll, people would say, oh, I don't have what it takes. I don't have the connections. I don't have the capital. I don't have the techno- technological skill set. But really, the what it takes at the end of the day is almost like an insanity level mindset that I know this is going to be hard and I chose it because it is hard, not despite it being hard. I chose this because I know with great challenges, we can grow and really achieve the most amazing accomplishments. So what it takes is a mindset that this is going to be really challenging, but this is worth it to pursue a life on my own terms. I got you. Thank you, Justin. Dylan. All right, Dylan. So Next question. You got number, I'm going to give you number three. Let's skip number two. All right. Here you are. All these kids want to be entrepreneurs. This young lady says, aren't there too many of us out there? Doesn't somebody have to work in the businesses? Aren't we overcrowding the entrepreneurship? What do you think, Dylan? That's a really interesting question, Sandy. And she's 19. She's 19. Uh, I love that. And I love that's where uh, 19-year-olds today in 2020 are already thinking, right? Looking a few steps down the line. Um, I, I'd say this, isn't every business that currently exists, weren't they at one point a startup? Weren't they founded by an entrepreneur at some point in time? Look at some of the largest companies we have in our world today. I'll throw a few out there. Walmart, Amazon, Apple, Google, 
only very, very shortly in the whole scheme of things have they been founded, right? They only yeah. exist in one or two generations. Uh, so they were startups themselves. They were founded by entrepreneurs themselves, Steve Jobs, right? Bill Gates, all these famous folks, Bezos. But then you go a layer down and you realize everything that you interact with, every company you're buying from or selling to, whatever it might be, that at one point in time was founded by an entrepreneur and probably was a small team of 10 or so. And, and I don't think you can have too many of those types out in the marketplace. Now, as Justin so eloquently laid out, the journey is something that is maybe not ideal for every single person at any yeah. stage at, at a given time. Um, however, the idea and the concept of innovation and disrupting a marketplace and creating a new product, I'd argue that we can never have too many uh, conversations around, around that schematic. So... To go back to another one of my mentors, and, and these people are more old school, you know, they're, most of them are in their 70s and 80s, and, you know, they've seen a lot, so I understand what they're saying. Dylan, what about the thought that it's, you're just born, it's innate in you, you are born being an, an entrepreneur naturally, or you're not? What do you think of that? Yeah, that's a, that's a debate that will yeah. probably go on for the end of time. Uh, my personal take is that there's a, a mix of, of both elements. Uh, you are born inherently uh, for an individual with certain skill sets that might lend to a uh, higher appetite for risk, right? And thus being more likely to go into a, an entrepreneur lifestyle or exhibit those characteristics in starting a business. But I would say that learning is where the majority of those skills and that uh, entire character comes from. Um, I, I think it's safe to speak for Justin myself here that entrepreneurship is the ultimate learning vehicle through which we grow as individuals, both personally and professionally. Uh, and that has been a journey that is ever ongoing, but really kicked off through starting a business. And yes, we could have gone to class and probably learned a few things about optimally running a company or, or hiring a team or those various components within entrepreneurship. But only through doing have we been able to gain this experience that we now have under our tool belt. And I guarantee you, talk to us in five more years, it'll be yeah. a whole vast new ball game we're playing. Uh, and, and that is, sure, maybe some of it we're born with, but that is, is taught through just getting out there and falling down a million times and getting up a million and one, right? And that's yeah. something you just yeah. can't replicate in, in DNA even. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you know what? I love when people say, okay, well, look at your background and that's why, but that's hogwash because you have people that have come and struggled and scraped the way through. So through hard knocks, they toughened up mm -hmm. and they've learned how to survive. And then you have people that were born into families that everyone were entrepreneurs and they did, you know, really well, you know, so you, you just don't know. Right. Right. You know? I think that's a great point. And it is so diverse, which is a beautiful yeah. thing yeah. because it makes the marketplace thus more uh, transparent to everybody and, and inclusive. Yeah. All right, Justin, here's it. Ready for this one? TEDx, baby. So this young man heard, in order for me to succeed in speaking engagements, I got to get myself a TEDx. How do I do that, Justin? Uh, we have a core value at NextGen, which is motivate yourself to grow 1% better 
every single day. And that number is really intentional. Uh, our belief is, given that it's a really long game, right? You're not trying to become the biggest speaker tomorrow. You're trying to become the best speaker you can be when the moment is right over time. The key is focusing on getting 1% better every single day. So I, I, I would reframe the goal instead of, hey, how can I get a TEDx ASAP? It's how can I get uh, you know a speaking gig that has a 1% larger audience? Or how can I write a 1% better talk? Or, or how can I uh, connect with 1% more organizers this week? so that it sets me up compounding for the future. I think TEDx is a great stage. Obviously, the, the TED events are really fantastic, but it's how can we improve our craft 1% at a time? At least that's what we believe over a long period of time, which is really what we the agenda we have to operate under the horizon. Uh, we think it's a better move. Okay, so that takes a lot of patience out there, Justin. I mean, some people, they want it tomorrow. Like, okay, I want my TEDx and now that's it. I'm going to do it and I better get it in three months. You know, we we want it as well. You know, Dylan and I can say as much as we want. You know, we're so patient and, and so long term thinking. And of course, we want gratification T- yesterday for all of the work that we've been putting in. We're going on year six of running this business, and we still so firmly believe we're just getting started. Yeah. So, at, you know, on one side, we definitely understand and empathize that it takes a really long time, and you got to be patient. But when rationally thinking about it, I think it's the better move, and I think it's going to uh, have us be more successful in the end. So it's a con- an emotional battle, managing our own psychology, managing the, managing the psychology of our team, that it's yeah. going to be a really, really long time, but we think it's worth the investment. Okay. So what was your favorite TEDx talk that you did? And I know they're all, but do you, can you just tell us about one of them? Uh, there's one that I I watched that influenced one of the early ones that I gave really uh, strongly. It was by a guy named Scott Dinsmore, who was an early mentor of mine. He ended up passing away pretty tragically um, later on in high school. He gave a talk that was titled, How to Find and Do Work That You Love. And he opened the talk with this statistic that I I truly think about most days of my life, which is about 81% of people are actively disengaged which is basically code for hate their jobs. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, four to five people hate the work that they're doing, yet everyone is getting pretty similar career advice. That's that's pretty alarming and, and pretty confusing. And that inspired some of the early talks that I gave on why I, I think entrepreneurialism can be a vehicle for designing a more creative or, or more free life. But that talk, highly recommend people go check it out. It has a couple million views on TED.com. All right, all right. say the, the name again. Uh, it's How to Find and Do Work That You Love by a guy okay. named Scott Dinsmore. Okay, we got that. All right, thanks, Justin. What about you, Dylan? What about what was your favorite TEDx? That's such a great question. I, I recently uh, re-watched one of my favorites, which is Ray Dalio's and uh, someone as a mentor uh, through his writing, through his learnings to Justin and myself. Uh, but I'll, I'll highlight another one from Simon Sinek. Uh, that basically talks about the power of purpose and your why. Uh, I'm a big fan of Simon and everything that he uh, talks about when it comes to the journey and the process being way more impactful than the destination. And I try to emphasize that in my day-to-day, but also, of course, when we're talking about that long-term planning. And if I can identify a goal, it's really great to one day accomplish that goal, right? If you take reading a book, uh, everyone knows the feeling of getting to that last page and and turning it and, and closing that book shut, you feel really good, right? Sandy, how can we capture that feeling on every single page turn? Is there a way that I can make that entire process of reading the book more impactful and more fulfilling and gratifying? Uh, that's what I'm chasing. And I think Simon is someone who uh, helps you to focus on on your why and your purpose to achieve that in the short term, in the, the now. 
so that you're not maybe waiting for that 80-year goal to materialize to say, I finally made it. I'm finally arrived. Because quite frankly, we all know there's never going to be such a moment where you can safely say, I, I made it. Right. The stakes will just increase, right? The the playing field will just get a little bit more yeah. competitive. Uh, people like us, entrepreneurs, they're never going to be satisfied. I shouldn't say never, but never maybe going to be content with where they are because we want to grow. We want to learn. And so we have to make that process so enjoyable. Um, so I'm a big fan of learning from folks like Simon, Scott, as Justin mentioned, another great one. And there's tremendous uh, information out there. You just have to go find what's best for you and, yeah. and leverage it and start enacting it today. Do you listen a lot to TEDx Talks or other podcasters? Do you listen every day or how often do you listen to them, Dylan? I have a cadence, I'd say, where I find myself listening to podcasts more than video, probably mostly due to convenience. Mm -hmm. I would love to uh, leverage more of those uh, on-stage performances. I think there's a lot to be learned, not just from listening, but from watching a speaker like that and, and the various uh, tools they use and the, the hand movements. It adds to the entire entertainment factor, if only that, yeah. uh, but also through reading. I'd say that the majority of my new information and learning happens through books. And uh, shout out to Justin, my partner here, who has inspired a, a new found love for reading that, quite frankly, I, I've only come into recently. And it had been years since I had a true passion for uh, tearing through books at the rate that some of our team members do today. Yeah. Uh, but through reading, through podcasts, and then through, of course, just conversation. And, and the best part is when I could read a book and then go talk to Justin about it or listen to a podcast yeah. and then Go yeah. have a, a you know ten minute coffee chat with a team member, whether that's my parents, my friends, it doesn't really matter. That yeah. is what makes it truly um, worthwhile, fulfilling for me. Yeah, we we ladies call that we like book club. <laughs> we get love to, that. Yeah, you know, and I know it's like everyone thinks we just get together and drink wine and have snacks, and I'm not saying we don't. That sounds great too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, we actually do pick a book and 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 debate all over it. Sometimes argue, but you know, we have fun. So, Justin, you're a big reader, huh? Uh, I made that commitment myself. Shout out to my younger brother, Aaron, who uh, was uh, beat me to it as well. So I can't take credit for uh, being the, the first in my immediate circle to be really passionate about reading. But he's kicked me in the butt enough where I'm, I'm pretty all in uh, on the, this point I'm reading. So do you actually turn pages or do we have a tablet? I like hardcover. I think it's more enjoyable. Yeah. I like the feeling of buying books. That's such a guilty pleasure. There's nothing feels better than buying a new book on Amazon. So I, I'm doing my best to read more and more every day. My house is a crazy person. Me, my husband, we and myself, we love books. They're everywhere. But I do circulate them. You know, I give them to friends. That's when we go to book club. We bring our books, which I think is a great idea, and we trade them. You know, I I, I give out books all the time. I'm, I'm oh, not a hoarder at all. Yeah, I, I, if I if I like something, I want to go see if I can find a friend to give it to. All right, so what are you reading now? What can you tell uh, us about? I just finished uh, a couple of books. So what's I'm starting today, I, I'm a big believer in you should be reading multiple books at the same time. We can get into that uh, if you'd like. But the two I just picked yeah, up. Yeah, because I can't even imagine that. I only usually have one. But I, let's... I'll, I'll walk you through it. I got a guy, but um, uh, How Google Works by uh, Google ex-CEO Eric Schmidt and SVP of product John Rosenberg is what I just picked up. And I'm really excited to dive in there. My, my theory on why you should read books comes from a guy named Ravikant, who was the founder of AngelList, and I, I'd never met him, heard him talk right, on numerous podcasts. Say that again. Podcasts. Just say that again. I couldn't hear. That. His name is Naval, N-A-V-A-L. Okay. And uh, if you look him up, he has done many podcasts on this theory of why you should be reading multiple books at a time. And this is this is the theory. All right. 
everybody that we know, including ourselves, is stuck at one point or another on a book. You know, you're reading a book, it's getting either a little boring or you're tired or it's been a while and you're stuck on it a little bit. And that causes a little bit of a demotivation in you reading in general. So what Naval would suggest at that point is you do two things. You either skip ahead a bunch in the book and, and literally kind of skip three chapters ahead, or you put that book down, save your spot and pick up an entire new one. And those two techniques allow you to uh, get more excitement and uh, to get over your stuck phase, which will lead to over time, you just increasing your amount of time spent reading. So even if you have to skip ahead of books or change up books more and more, if you can avoid getting stuck and spend more time reading, you'll ultimately get through more books. And surprisingly, you'll be able to remember more than you think when you do end up going back to that book in the first place. Okay, so are you talking? Are you talking about books like fiction, nonfiction? What kind of books are you talking about? All types. You could okay. be reading like between five and ten books at the same time, putting one down, going back to it a week later, and I guarantee you, you'll remember it. It's crazy. Okay, so give us one other book you're reading, or you did read. I just finished uh, Elon Musk for the first time by Ashley Vance, uh, which I, I have been wanting to read for quite a while. Finally, got around to reading a bit more of his story. Well, I'm going to think about it. Maybe I'll try two at the same time. <laughs> I'm telling you, Sandy, it sounds great. Trust your memory. Trust your memory more than you think. Okay. All right. All right, Dylan. So what keeps the lights on? I'm, I'm looking at one of the <laughs> tips I want to get in here. And it says, do whatever you can to keep the lights on and extend the journey. What's going on there, Dylan? I love that. Sandy, I'll give a quick plug to what Justin just described, that strategy. Uh, I had always felt guilty really quickly about reading multiple books and not finishing one. And then Justin <laughs> shared this tidbit from Naval. And now I, I can't stop telling enough people about my guilty pleasure, my guilty habit of starting six books before I finish one. Uh, but to answer your question, Justin and I, we love this bit of advice. Do whatever you have to do to keep the lights on, right? To stay in business one more day, show up tomorrow, get to live another day, die another day, right? It's said a million different uh, ways over the course of history. For us, what that means is think about how we can just prolong the learning curve because we know that if we're in business tomorrow, we're gonna have today to learn from and look back on and influence a better decision in the future, right? And we know that we've grown so much in six years. Imagine what's possible if we could just keep that going. Right? We'll figure out the solutions. We'll come to a better understanding of whatever that big decision we put off is. And so we encourage all of our founders, every startup entrepreneur, everyone out there to just do whatever you have to do to keep the journey going, as you said. And that's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs get frustrated by because, again, it goes back to that long-term thinking. We don't want to wait for that gratification. We want the billion dollar acquisition yesterday, right? We want to be on the Forbes cover next week, right? All these short-term approaches, they just don't coincide. But it doesn't mean you can't chase the, the short-term goals, but you got to do whatever you can to just stay in business one more day. All right. So staying with that topic, you do a lot of events. So how are you shifting gears right now? Because you know, you're not having events at this present moment. Sandy, we are viewing this as an opportunity to get creative 
and truly buckle down at all time levels of focus. Uh, we, we have a, a acronym that's thrown around a lot at our team, TCO, which stands for taking complete ownership. And right now we're taking complete ownership of the situation by doubling down on creativity, right? Seeing okay. where we can add value and serve entrepreneurs digitally. Oh, yes, cool. we might not be hosting so many events in person at the moment. Now that's a major bummer, but it also means we have opportunity. And we have that opportunity to see what other channels we can serve entrepreneurs and how we can add value with the tools, with the resources that the best of our event series does. And yeah. if we can replicate that online, that sounds like a, a great win to me. And you best believe we're planning for when we do have our next events, Next Gen Summit coming up right around the corner. Yeah. It's going to be just that much better because we yeah. have had this extra focus to truly double down. Yeah, I agree. Even right now, I did a, you know, a lot of podcasts and speaking engagements, but I'm taking this opportunity to really up my webinars, you, you know, because mm, and make that. them more professional. And that's something I never spend time on because with the podcast and speaking engagements, I felt like, okay, that's enough socialization. But now I'm like, wait a minute, I want to see people more, right? which there is more planning when you're doing a webinar because now... I know you guys don't worry about it. I just want to know, Dylan, do you have makeup on today? <laughs> I have negative. I'm in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. <laughs> Full transparency. Just, yeah. So, Justin and Dylan, I'm just going to tell you a really quick story. I was running out yesterday. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Time got away from me. I was going to go to Whole Foods real quick and run in for the essentials of coffee and wine it was pretty funny and I was gonna go it wasn't busy I said I could get in I get out and I ran out I realized you know I had no makeup on my hair which is not a big deal for my hair was up and all that stuff and of course I run into somebody that I was in business with like 15 20 years ago like he was actually my director of aerobics and now you know of course he has a life blah 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 he's like Sandy and he goes in to do a big hug I'm like are you kidding me like back up <laughs> <laughs> like are you kidding me like back up like it's so funny but and then I realized he's like I go oh you look really good you look really good and he's just like uh uh-huh. because I literally look like a truck ran over me I mean I was disheveled and whatever but it was a great conversation and then I got in the car and everyone will appreciate this is my part I'm like holy crap I don't even have a bra on and I'm running through Whole Foods seeing someone I haven't seen in 20. It was just hysterical. And I thought, you know what? To be free and feel young, like I didn't care. And that was a benefit that I thought, you know, it's a lesson to be learned. Like, do you really care that much about your appearance with someone you haven't seen in like 15 or 20 years? Or is it more important that I made that connection? I just sat in the car and laughed because that was a story to be told that I saw this guy I haven't seen in at least 15 or 20 years, you know, with my hair up on one side, I had like spaghetti sauce spilt on my shirt, no bra. And yet we still stopped to engage and have a fun conversation. And Justin, you're up because that's what we're going to talk about. Those people that you can engage with, like those strangers that you talk with, that you never know, those pearls of wisdom that you're going to find. And that is the question this young lady asks. Should I really stop and listen to everybody's words of wisdom? Sometimes can I say, no, thank you? 
I love your story, uh, Sandy. I think the best way that we can all kind of get through uh, the couple of weeks that's been going on is keeping our own psychology top of mind, keeping sane, uh, you know, not taking ourselves too seriously. So I, yeah. I had a good laugh at that one. I yeah. think the question is really interesting. A lot of young people that I speak with, they're like, uh, the advice question comes up. Well, I have so many people giving me advice. What do I take? What do I listen to? When do I trust myself? And a, a, an early mentor gave me the framework of thinking about advice, as in you're scooping up a uh, pile of sand at the beach. So you wanna uh, scoop up a lot of sand at the beginning. You wanna ask everybody for advice, constant asking questions and hearing everybody out. But you wanna let most of the sand trickle through your fingers uh, and really try to find what's left in your palms at the end of the day. So you wanna take advice from absolutely everybody, ask millions of questions, try to meet people, try to connect. And then at the end of the day, You do want to try to curate your own filter for what advice really resonated with you and who do you deem as an expert that you really want to embody and look up to as a role model. So can't you like, you know, become like I always say, I always listen to everyone. I really listen, but it doesn't mean I do exactly, you know, like I got to go, oh, you know, because they've made it in business. Like this young lady said, this person is so successful. I should just listen to everything they say. Not necessarily, you know, but I that doesn't mean you don't have- completely agree. And reading is yeah. such a great example of this. You're hearing so many stories of exactly how these great entrepreneurs have built these billion dollar businesses. That doesn't mean uh, it's a recipe book for you to follow. What it is, is an arsenal. It's a tool. It's an exposure too uh, many different paths, too many different tools that then you can choose what most resonates with you and what you can most integrate with how you want to live your own life. Yeah. And um, do you, this is the next question. I'm going to just stay with you, Justin. Do you have a mentor in your life right now that you're like, ah, this person has done so much for me? I have many of those mentors. I think of my personal mentor situation as uh, as a tribe, a tribe of mentors. Shout out to Tim Ferriss for that that framing. I, I am so fortunate to work with many mentors who uh, have been very supportive personally and professionally of what Dylan and I are trying to build yeah. with NextGen HQ. I will give a special shout out always to Rich Keller who is on our advisory board and is just an incredible mentor and brand coach and has been uh, very incredibly fruitful in working with NextGen as we're yeah. building our brand architecture. Yeah. Dylan, what about you? Who are some of your favorite mentors? I'll second exactly how Justin put it. The tribe is, is everything, Sandy. No one person has all the answers. So yeah. why would we look to one mentor for all the life advice, right? Yeah. I don't think the mentor, him or herself, would enjoy that. Uh, So I will highlight uh, someone who has been truly instrumental to my journey from day one. Uh, His name is Lenny Stern. He is a friend, a coach, an advisor to NextGen HQ, to Justin and myself, and is currently helping us think about our brand architecture and and how we are going about positioning NextGen in the world as we look to scale and grow. And more often than not, I've found that these mentor relationships are a personal coach and and sometimes a life coach, even more so than a business coach. And that's okay, right? That's how these things work. And you know why, Sandy? It's because they're all the same. Life and business and and your startup and your company, it's all one, it's all Dylan in this case, it's all Justin, it's all Sandy, and that's powerful. Uh, So we are truly blessed to learn from, including yourself, some of the best people in the world who will give us the time of day to learn about our journey, what we're up to. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. Did you ever have that encounter, though, where you bumped into somebody and you're thinking, ugh, and then some pearl wisdom came out that you didn't even expect that you could apply to your life? Definitely. That has happened more times than I can even say, uh, because I, I've started to always look for those nuggets. And the sand through the hand example of taking everything you can possibly accumulate, but then finding those few nuggets to hold on to is my approach in an everyday basis. Yeah. And one thing I'll add to that, Sandy, mentors, while the two folks, Lenny and Rich, that Justin and I threw out, are maybe older, more experienced gentlemen in this case, they don't have to always be the 50, 60-year-old accomplished CEO or executive. Some of my most impactful mentors are peers of mine. Um, Nick Mayers is one off flag. He's a fellow startup founder who is also a friend to both Justin and myself, a next-gen community member. But I go to him with business advice and asking questions, and, and he'll come to me at times too. And that might be one of the more fruitful mentor-mentee relationships, even though more often than not, we're just friend and friend. Yeah. And that's a special yeah. dynamic, too, that we look to really promote at NextGen. You know what? I'm so glad you mentioned that, Dylan, because, first of all, everyone that I meet, I love just hearing little stories from. And I feel like I go to a coffee shop a lot. Well, not recently, but go to a coffee shop just to clear my head if I'm working from home. And I make it, you know, you said that one you know, one percent thing. I make it a point that I'm going to just talk to one new person and see what I can find out. I'm never disappointed. I always find something for personal growth or business growth I can find out. But one of my big mentors, I don't even want to say mentor, but the, the kid is 16. And I sit and his words of wisdom, when I have like some sticky wickens, I call it in business, I go and ask this kid at the coffee shop. And I learned so much from him. So please do not think age matters. You just never Amazing. know. And isn't that true? I mean, he's 16 and, and my son goes, Mom, what the heck? I'm like, I, I his insight is just crazy because especially when I'm going in, which you guys don't know um, a lot recently, I've been going into a lot to schools. So I'm working with a lot of teachers and teenagers. Well, wouldn't I want to talk to teenagers? You know, Dylan, I mean, isn't that where 100%. I want right, find out what they want? Now, of course, you know, my son, it's, he's my son, so he's like, mom, you know, you go, you know you're going to have to ask other people, but I'm going in because <laughs> I want to talk to them, to ask them what they want, what are their needs versus just sit around talking to the adults. I mean, yeah, it's great, but let's go right to the source. All right, now, Justin. What is one of the most difficult things that you've dealt with in business recently? This is not my question. We're going to call this young man. He is 28. We'll call him Billy Bob. Billy Bob, we appreciate the question. I think for Dylan and I, one of the largest challenges in the past few months has been um, navigating the balance of, as the company grows, wanting to uh, be involved in the day-to-day -day operations and decisions, but realizing that we need to empower our team more so to take lead and us step up, uh, back in a lot of the day-to-day -day roles. And that's really, really challenging because uh, for the first four and a half years in this business, it was just Dylan and I messing yeah. around with each other um, and trying to build something. So now trying to empower others and having the um, ability to say, it's okay that I'm going to maybe not fully agree with what they're putting forward, but I need them to carry the torch on this yeah. is, is uh, emotionally challenging 
taking a step back, but trying to continue to repeat to myself that it's the right thing to do because that's the only way we'll be able to grow and scale. It's tough for a lot of entrepreneurs. That's I think that's one of the biggest things. So what do you do? Have you ever been in that situation? Well, have you ever? Of course you have. Where you go, I can't believe they did it that way. Yeah, there's a, um, a great uh, lecture. Uh, it's called Startup School Lecture Number 12. And I had this first recommended it to me. Shout out to an entrepreneur named Jacob Goodman. And in the lecture, the speaker uh, has a framework that he has borrowed from a, an author. Uh, so we're like four sources connected here. But the framework is called Task Relevant Maturity. And here's basically what this means. Let's say it's the, the project is designing a new social media um, you know, campaign on Instagram. I personally have not ever designed many social media campaigns on Instagram, and the person who works for me has never designed a social media campaign on Instagram. Well, I may have the better idea in my head. I'm like, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Frankly, me and this team member both have the same maturity experience dealing with this task. So what I really should do is even if I disagree on you know, the approach, if we have the same maturity and I really want them to lead, I should let them lead and provide feedback and not try to have them execute my idea because I don't have the maturity on that. So that is a framework I really am trying to use more and more in, in letting folks, especially if I have never really done it, I just think, I'm, I think I'm right because I'm the CEO. Of course I'm right. <laughs> trying to get rid of that thinking yeah, and let, yeah. let people uh, really take the light. Dylan, I think this is a big question, so I want to ask you too. What has been your most challenging situation? Yeah, that, that's such a good point that Justin brings up and, and something we are struggling with in the best way every single day as we grow. And that's healthy, by the way, for anybody yeah. who is maybe worried or, or concerned about their current struggles. Good for you for having struggles, right? That's something I, I want to put out there. Uh, at a high level, as we do grow and scale, I think one of our core struggles has been something that was there day one and is still here year six. And that is balancing scale with focus. And there's so much we want to do, Sandy. There's so many mm -hmm. ideas. Yeah. Uh, we want to host digital events. We want to host more in-person events. We want to get better here and there in every group across the board, but we have to really be honed in on our priorities. And that's something that I'm, I'm truly proud of Justin and myself and our team for doubling down on, especially in the past a few quarters, I'll say, but we will always be confronted with this opportunity uh, yeah. to grow in new areas. And it's up to us as the leaders of this organization to pick and choose the ones that we're going to focus on and tackle in the short term, full well knowing that we want to keep those at bay for maybe the medium and long term vision, but we can only do so much in a day. We only have 24 hours. We're sleeping maybe, you know, seven, eight, nine of them. So what are we going to do with the other? Wait a minute, you're sleeping nine of them. Woohoo! <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, maybe more so in today than, than a normal week. But uh, we, we have a team that works so hard and is so dedicated. What are we going to do with those hours that we're, we're together as a force, as a unit? Um, so staying focused and, and full well knowing that we have these great, vast ambitions, but it takes 1% improvements every single day to get there. That has been a, a true uh, truly instrumental, I should say, in helping us to, to achieve that focus. But we are always staying in touch with ourselves and, and honestly auditing our own time and our own thinking and thought processes to ensure we are, are staying on par. All right. So I'm going to ask Justin, I'll stay with you, Dylan. What's the most 
fun thing you do? Oh, man. I get to learn with the best people, tackle the most cool, exciting challenges every single day and get to work on something I love. Um, so from a, a, a fun standpoint, Sandy, I'm hanging out with my friends, you and Justin. This is work right now. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. get off this call. I'm going to go hop on a group meeting with a few of our team members. I'm going to be spending time with people I care about and that I'm learning from every single day. And they call this work. I'm yeah. truly blessed. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Justin and I say it all the time. Our team, we talk about it. We are so fortunate to get to work on a problem that we care about, serving entrepreneurs, helping them to achieve momentum along their journey. And what could be possible if that works out is is mind-blowing. I'm sitting here. My hands are, are exploding, right? And yeah. that's every day I come and fired up because of that. And so I get to spend time with great people, work on really big, important challenges, and do so in a manner that allows me to learn and grow as an individual every single day. Sign me up for that for yeah. as long as I can. I hope I get to do this for the rest of my life. Amen, brother. I'm with you. All right, Justin, what about you? Yeah, I'm super aligned. We could just go a hard ditto on that one. Heck, I, I think it's hanging out with our team so yeah. much. I just, I, I miss that. Uh, we're, we're in work from home right now. Uh, looking forward to, to being all back together uh, soon. I love hanging out with our team. It's a great group of really smart, ambitious people who are looking to make a really big impact. Yeah, so you have fun. It's your, it's your peeps, right? It's amazing. All right, what about personal? Justin, what about on your personal growth? What is something that you are excited about on your personal journey of, I don't want, just self-care, of taking care of yourself, your well-being? Is there anything? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty weirdly into stretching (laughs) over the last six months. I'm trying to stretch like almost an hour a day if you add up uh, the morning and the night. And I'm really trying to invest. I was so not flexible (laughs) growing up. Uh, Even participating in athletics, I was not flexible. So I'm really trying to invest in stretching recently, which I think is pretty pretty out there, but I'm loving it. No, but is it stretching or is it yoga or is it just stretching? I, I, I don't want to I, say just I stretching. I, I like yoga, but I, I think I'm more stretching than yoga, okay. <laughs> even if that makes sense. Yeah, gotcha. What about you, Dylan? You, I know you were boxing, then you weren't. I wasn't sure. Sandy, I am super weird when it comes to these trends, and, and I'm all about the short-term uh, experiments. I, I'm really into that, and I don't think I'm unique when it comes to the entrepreneur landscape, but when it comes to the general population – I'm definitely on the weirder side. Um, currently, I am about three months and change into being, being a vegan. Uh, I'll, I'll qualify that and say that I, I will have the meal with fish and or an egg or two, uh, okay. but no dairy, no chicken, no red meat at all. Uh, and, and that's something that I could not have imagined myself saying maybe only four months ago because I ate a tremendous amount of meat, uh, but I've really enjoyed the past few months of this new dietary restriction, um, something that allows me to think of a, a new challenge in my every day. And uh, it's been a blast. I'm feeling great. I, I'm healthy. And uh, we're trying to live a really long time and, <laughs> and be healthy for that yeah. entire span. Yeah. And I think this might be part of that equation. Uh, TBD, right? Find me in 150 years, but I'm enjoying the new challenge. Who knows if next time we chat, I will still be vegan. Probably not, I'll say. Uh, But it's been a blast in the short term thus far. What inspired you? Honestly, I I wanted the new challenge. And I I read a book 
by the head of the Longevity Institute at, at USC, Southern California. Uh, I believe his name is Professor Longo. And I'm currently reading a second book. Uh, shout out to a friend, Daniel John Perez, who recommended it's called Food Fix by Mark Hyman. Uh, and both these books talk about the uh, populations in the world that had the longest combination of lifespan and health span, so living long but also living well, uh, and, and analyzing from a genetic perspective, from a just historical pattern reasoning and perspective, and extrapolating what would be the ideal diet to live a long, healthy life. And truly, it's it's veganism plus the occasional fish and egg, um, the meat and, and you know processed uh, reality we live in in 2020 is a problem in a lot of reasons. And so again, I don't think that I will spend the majority of my life being a vegan, but I, I now know I can, and I'm, I'm yeah. capable of spending three yeah. months as a vegan. And that is a, a, a nice you know, pat on the back, but also I can have this in my toolkit to apply whenever I feel I might need it in the future. Well, I'm gonna have to check in with you on that. I mean, I don't eat Please a lot do. of meat, but I don't know if I could go. Well, I shouldn't say we don't know because there's a lot of things once you get into it, you go, wow, within a few weeks, you're already, you know, like you can't even imagine Definitely. you ate meat, you know? So Definitely. who knows? All right, Justin. So let's stay on that topic of, you know, self-care and aligning yourself with personal self-awareness. You know, I was seeing here that you said no business success is possible without aligning your personal self-awareness and self-care. Why don't you talk more about that, Justin? Well, that's... um. That's such an important topic. So many times we're trying to um, teach this to our team, but the only way they're going to start to understand it is if we can lead by example. So one of the values that I personally hold is I like to get the right amount of sleep that I, I need for the night. I really try to sleep, um, you know, my eight hours. And even in really intense kind of business times, you know, were there nights that I haven't slept eight hours? Of course. And during Next Gen Summit weekend, I think I sleep like, you know, eight hours total. But most nights I try to sleep eight hours, even if that means um, having to leave work and, and let people know, hey, I'm going to be an extra day on this, or I'm going to be an extra two days on getting back to your email on this and, and setting that expectation. So as much as I'm trying to teach this to our team to live the values that, that we hold very personally, yeah. it's only if we're leading by example, will they really be able to understand. That, that's huge. The fact that you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm getting sleep usually, and I don't like this, that's like a badge of honor. Oh, I only slept two hours because I worked on a project. And I, I don't think that's cool as a leader, you know, to do that. That puts you, like your staff thinking what? I, I'm completely aligned with you, um, Sandy. The reason completely aligned with you, um, Sandy, the reason that Dylan and I get goal to achieve the things that we wanted to achieve for our own lives as entrepreneurs, yeah. the impact we wanted to have. And one of the things is I want to be healthy and I want to be um, energetic throughout my days and really engaged with what I'm working on. So I have to sleep the eight hours that I need. I think it's the the badge of honor is not one that I'm looking for that, uh, that I'm working so hard on not sleeping. Yeah. That you're not taking care of yourself, you know, exactly. it, when it was funny because with my gym being right in the corporate setting, a lot of people came in at their lunch, which I thought was great that the corporations were recognizing, hey, they're going to be more productive. It's not the amount of hours they got to clear their head and work out. But then there was other people that their boss was like, yeah, yeah, we'll pay for their gym membership, but we don't want you working out. We don't want you leaving your desk. You know what I mean? We yeah, don't want, you know. Totally. 
Yeah, I think it's you could talk as, as a company about what you want, but look towards the leader's actions at what they are doing um, yeah. that really speaks volume. So Dylan and I can, if we if we believe that it was right for our folks to prioritize fitness and we say, oh, it's really cool, go work out during the day, but yeah. you'll never see Dylan and I doing it. Well, that sends a message that maybe it's not really valued at the yes. company, just valued in name only. Yeah, yeah. All right. Dylan, and I, by the way, when I, I remember when I was in New York with you, that at the time you were always into some fun workout, you know, I remember that. Like, I, I think you're not yeah. boxing right now, but I remember that you were always going to the next thing. I forget the last thing you were doing. Were you doing like circuit training? I, I definitely, that, that extremely resonates with me, Sandy. Hit, Tabata style, that is something that is actually stuck. And that's still a big part of my routine, even today. Yeah. So sticking on that, when you say this is a big thing, because it's so easy to say, oh, put people first, period. But what do you let's go more into that. Like, how do you put people first? Yeah, I think when you talk about a culture and an ideal work environment, whether that's for your own company, for a future business you hope to start, everyone has their version of what an ideal work culture is. And I think it stems from, as Justin just laid out unintentionally, the founding team and how they want themselves to be treated, right? So if I were to tell you, Sandy, I want to work at a company that allows me to feel really healthy and prioritize my own fitness. Okay, great. Well, then I have to be very vocal about that to my team to make sure that they can also feel that. And not only am I I talking the talk, but I'm walking the walk. Right. And so putting people first starts with what do you want to be treated? How do you want to be uh, shown up every day at the office in what capacity and what yeah. expectation setting? And then just extending that to the, the larger culture. Um, but also part of it is bringing in what your team adds from a diversity perspective. And so we have a group of, of right now nine full time team members, um, soon to be 10 and beyond. And not all of us are identical. Sure, we share a lot of passions. We have a lot of common interests and and goals. And of course, this one obsession around next gen and and serving entrepreneurs. But we all have our niche and we all have our various uh, quirks, if you will, that add to this collective dynamic that as a whole is next gen HQ. Um, But we got to embrace that. And so one program that I'll say is our Lunch and Learn series, where weekly a team member leads a discussion over lunch That has nothing to do with our core business. Uh, Some examples for you. We've talked about dreaming, the power of sleeping and dreaming. We've talked about kimchi. We've talked about uh, (laughs) intermittent fasting. We've talked about Halloween, the the Rockefeller Christmas tree, everything. And these all stem from areas that our team members are passionate about. And so Jimmy, he he wants to talk about gaming, right? What do I know about gaming, Sandy? But now I, I see how passionate he is. Yeah. I love that. And we're going to add that to the culture. Uh, oh. So that's that's an example of putting your people first, right? And making yeah. it where everyone's comfortable. And yeah, maybe that does mean that we have an hour of lowered productivity in that one day at a micro, micro level under the microscope. Um, but if you zoom out and you look at the reasons why our team is so engaged on a Friday night when we needed them to be online at 6, 7 yeah. p.m., yeah. it's because of those moments, Ab- right? And it's so absolutely. easy to see. Yeah, and absolutely. that's what it's about. Absolutely. That I freaking love that idea. And 
I do think you're more productive and I do think your team is going to do more. And, and the fact that they're not even subjects that have to do with what your work is. Oh, I love it. So you do that once a week? Once a week. Anybody out there who likes it, feel free to steal it. No need to give us any credit. Oh my lunch goodness. and learns. I, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I've heard of a lot of lunch and learns, but not done that way. All right, Justin. So what do you want to do in 2025? What do you want to be doing? Next gen is going to be around in 2025. It's going to be around in 2045, 2065. We're truly trying to build a business that is very different than typical startups where you raise a lot of money, grow really quickly and sell. Uh, Dylan and I are intentional about building this business to last, a business that can continue to have its impact far beyond um, today and far beyond Dylan and, uh, and myself. So in 2025, we'll probably have found a new product or a new resource that we've identified as most critical to the entrepreneurial lifestyle and the entrepreneurial journey and have created some type of uh, you know, new service or new offering to support it. But you'll see the same consistency in that future product with what you see now, which is a focus yeah. on our core values and an atmosphere of community, which is how we approach every single transaction we uh, partake in. Gotcha. Hey, Justin, do you see any like new, somebody asked me, I want to make sure I got this in there, any new hot trend in business that like is the new hot thing to do for young entrepreneurs? Is there anything coming up that's like, wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I'm, uh, I just finished reading Elon Musk, so very timely. Um, Elon Musk made it really clear when he was starting both Tesla and SpaceX that he is not a trend chaser, uh, but rather built um, Tesla, for example, created this massive automotive revolution uh, using uh, energy and electric cars that was a conversation going on for 50 years. So he didn't ride the trend. He just found an area that he found he could make a, a impact in and went for it. So um, I'm sure there are a lot of trends happening right now. There's a lot in the fintech revolution, financial technologies. There's still uh, innovations happening on social media and the way gotcha. we consume media. But we're, uh, for our business particularly, we're really excited about ignoring a lot of these trends and building for the long term on what we most believe in. I'm with you. All right, guys. Well, I know I could talk to you forever, but we're going to have to wrap up here. So Dylan, is there anything we didn't get in that you would like to add? Sandy, this has been such a blast. I know that this is going to be the highlight of my week. I really appreciate you having both of us on here uh, on this afternoon. Uh, I'll say this. We talked about it a bunch. We touched upon it in various aspects. Make sure you're having fun. Uh, life has too many challenges and, and it's too long and, and relationships, you name it, there's a million things going on. Have fun. If you're not having fun, do something different. Figure it out, yeah. whatever that means for you. If that is adding a new workout in and going vegan for a few months, switch yeah. it up, have a blast. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed, truly blessed to say that is the case for me. But I want to thank you one more time, Sandy, for having us on today. Thanks, John. What about you, Justin? Anything I didn't get in we want to say? I appreciate it. Uh, for entrepreneurs looking to access momentum, which is progress and energy on their journey, nextgenhq.com. Even if it's in a digital environment, we're constantly creating new resources to support entrepreneurs to get okay. access to what they need to take to take levels up. So please reach out to Dylan or I and see how we can best be helpful in uh, your journey if you are an entrepreneur. And Sandy, I miss you. I'm looking forward to the next time we can hang out as well. I know. So is that the best way for them to reach you? 
Yes, nextgenhq.com. We have uh, dozens of free resources available for all founders. Got it. All right, my let's keep it real people. If you have any questions, you can reach out to Justin and Dylan directly, or you can also reach out to me, podcast at sandyjoyweston.com, podcast at sandyjoyweston.com, and I promise I'll make sure they get your questions just in case we didn't answer anything, and I'll maybe even bring them back on soon. Who knows? But until next time, you know what I'm going to say, my let's keep it real people. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.